This is the Working Drummer Podcast. Working Drummer Podcast. Featuring ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Kraus, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today I have one of the industry leaders in acoustics, Anthony Gramani from our friends at Sonatus USA. This is the great company that brought us Kicker 4.0, the kick drum muffling system that's being praised by people like Peter Erskine. So in this episode, Anthony gets into a lot of the misconceptions about sound isolation. It's not real expensive to deal with, and that's kind of where the good news is. Uh, There's some simple concepts that can be applied to your bedroom, your home studio, or uh, other workspace that's going to work for you. So I encourage you to... Uh, go to the YouTube component of this episode if you can. Now, if you're only able to listen to the audio version, I've done the same thing that I did two episodes ago when we had Anthony on before talking about room treatment. So in this episode, there's some graphics, and I've included those on the website and in the show notes. So you should be able to follow along, and I will interject uh, during the episode and say, listener, figure one, listener, figure two. So that's when you can kind of go and see and follow along. If you don't want to follow along, it should still be pretty clear, uh, and you can refer to those later if you want, if you're getting serious about soundproofing. This episode is sponsored by Shure Microphones. Shure and Focusrite have combined forces, and they are bringing you the Drummer Bundle Track Pack for $899. Normally, $974. You save $75 with this sale. It comes with a Focusrite Scarlett 18i20 USB audio interface. This is the same interface that my co-host Zach Albetta has, and he's got some great sounds from it. He also has the drum microphone kit, the DMK5752 drum microphone kit that we offered before Christmas. This has three SM57s and a Beta 52 kick drum microphone industry standards, all with mounting brackets, and four XLR cables and a carrying case. So check this out, the Drummer Bundle track pack from Shure for $8.99. To find out more about this episode and the over 300 episodes we've done, you can find us at workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and iTunes where you can rate and review this podcast. We want to give a big shout out to all the people that participated in our giveaway contest for our 300th episode, including our three winners, Mike Malone, Ryan Greenblatt, and Joe Tomino. And thanks to all those that liked and shared and reposted that episode. We appreciate everyone's support and all the companies that were involved in that giveaway. We're hoping to do more in the future. So hope you enjoy this episode with Anthony Gramani from Sonatus, all about sound isolation. A lot of people I talk to talk about soundproofing. They say, I want soundproofing. And sometimes what's in their mind is one thing. Sometimes it's a different thing. So I'll, I'll warn, I'll warn, warn all y'all. When somebody says soundproofing, they may mean that the room is echoey inside, and they just want to make it less echoey, or they 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 may mean, uh, hey, my 15 year old is practicing the drums all day long, and I'm trying to sit here and read, you know, my latest novel, and I can't because it's bada boom, bada boom, bada boom next door. Right. And those two are really different things in most people's minds that are not acoustical engineers or audio geeks like uh, all of us. Um, hey, by the way, I realized my initials are AG, which stands for Anthony Germani, but also audio geek. I just realized that this morning. 
Nice. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> mine don't, <laughs> I don't mean anything. Um, so, so what is it? So, so like what, you know, what do we mean? And, and those are really two completely different disciplines. And what's funny is what it takes to control one doesn't have any effect on the other. And people think, well, you know, if I, if I make the room private to where you could play as loud as you want in one, doesn't that improve the sound inside the room? It's like, nope, it's, it's like completely separate, as separate as sugar and salt. Like they don't do the same thing. Maybe they look mm -hmm. the same. Or, you know, if you've ever made the mistake of grabbing what you thought was a sugar and it was really salt and you put that in your coffee, you're like, yeah, no, that's, that's not um, a good idea. Salt in your coffee is bad. Um, so they're, they're separate. Very, very quickly as an introduction, I'm going to be talking about sound isolation. Last time I was on, um, on this podcast, I talked about acoustically treating a room for, for drums, for playback and recording and stuff. But today we're going to talk about sound isolation. So just to be clear. Sound isolation is whatever it takes in the construction of your room, your room to ensure privacy between the drum room and other rooms around it, above it, below it, wherever it is. And I just use the word privacy so that, hey, you can do whatever you want. The other person doesn't hear it. Um, same thing in the other direction. If you are recording drums, um, and especially if you're doing a drum track that's a little subtle, something like that, you don't want to hear a door slamming. You don't want to hear an airplane going by. You don't want to hear a kid screaming or a dog barking in the middle of your recording. It may be fun later, but in the moment, it's going to really annoy you. So that's all about sound isolation as opposed to acoustical treatments, which is uh, the act of controlling the sound reflections inside the room. So we, last time we talked about, you know, we, what do you put on the walls and the ceiling and maybe the floor to control how the sound bounces around. Uh, I call that acoustical treatment or internal acoustics. Uh, both of those contribute to what I call sound comfort. Um, you know, ultimately you want a room that's comfort sonically and uh, you, you know, if you want a good drum room, you got to do both. So uh, now, Matthew, hey. I, I I remember you you uh, we you and I talked, and you're in the middle of rebuilding your room, and you, yeah, you wanted to do something with the sound isolation, right? With uh, controlling the privacy. Well, I think that's a really good point, especially not only drummers, but when you're recording and you're trying to get a good performance and a good sound, we invest in our gear, uh, microphones, interface, all these different things, and maybe you have a plot of land in the middle of nowhere, like, well, I'm not going to bother anyone. So why worry about that? And this, the idea that it, it's, it's two ways. So if you have planes or other issues, it could ruin a track. So that that's, or TV from upstairs or wherever. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. So uh, I am doing that. Uh, I, I have a room. I did some, uh, and, and I've seen, your presentation and I know you're going to get into this. Uh, so I've done that with one room, but most recently I've taken a uh, three quarter inch or five eighths drywall. I believe the thicker of the two uh, gypsum board. Uh, That's the official term. Right. right exactly. I've you, learned. you guys probably don't know, but sheetrock, which is sometimes what you call that stuff is a company. Mm -hmm. and drywall is a company. It's sort of yeah. like, the, you know, Kleenex? Well, no, it's a tissue paper. The generic right. term is, is gypsum board. Or Band-Aid. Or... So uh, I, I've uh, got this uh, green glue that I've used. Uh, and so the, the, I'm, I'm really trying to utilize the space of the room so I can't do 100% sound 
you know, isolation as I'd want to, but I'm trying to improve the isolation as much as I can without compromising the space. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, as you know, in 20, still in 2021, there's a lot of people in the house and we've got neighbors close by. And so I'm working on that and it's, it's going well. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to to build rooms to be uh, sound isolated, and uh, there's old techniques, which is just you know put a bunch of brick or a bunch of sand in there, and that usually ends up uh, taking up a lot of room. And what's cool is in the last twenty years, a lot of research in the field of vibration control in the field of sound isolation has brought really cool products to the market, like this green glue thing you talked about, which I'll explain a little later that didn't exist, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, like they often say, I, I think I mentioned this last time when talking about Sonatus is, you know, necessity is the mar- mother of, of all invention. And what, what ac- interestingly enough has changed in the last 20 years is standards for sound isolation in uh, in uh, condos, apartment buildings, you know what's called in construction or architecture MDU, multi-dwelling units, have gone up. So in most cities in the U.S. or the world, if you're going to build a, you know, a, a block of apartments or condos, uh, you're you're going to need to ensure that you know neighbor A and neighbor B can have a certain amount of sound ISO from each other. And what that's done is opened an entire uh, market for research and construction of really cool little gizmos that did not used to exist. Um, And we're going to leverage that. And what that leads to is you can actually build a wall that's not that thick, not that expensive to, to, uh, uh, to build and, um, and actually get really good privacy between your drum studio and your, uh, your neighboring rooms. So, um, now, in, you know, in your house, you mentioned you've got other musicians. Uh, your kids are now, uh, it's it's a proud moment, I think, when your kids actually you know, like are picking up an <laughs> instrument so. and they're playing. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, that's, that was me, you know, however many years ago. Cool, mm-hmm. you know. What that means is that you're drumming, your kid's playing the guitar. You, you know, you don't want to listen to each other necessarily. Um, and because, you know, he may be in a totally different genre of music or a different time. So how do you make that work? Or you're in the middle of, of doing your drums and somebody's upstairs trying to read. How do you make that work? So that's that's what we're going to talk about. So why bother with sound isolation? Well, realize that, you know, you're playing the drums, you're playing the bass, you're playing the guitar. The sound levels inside the room can go up to 100 or 120 dB, whatever it is. And usually... Uh, when you're in a room minding your own business, any sounds that start to be over 40 decibels of, no, of sound level, like if you, you know, get a sound level meter that's a little sensitive and you measure it, when they start to be over 40 dB and it's none of your business, it's annoying. It's like, dude, just, even though it's not very loud, 40 dB is like a really quiet whisper. But if you're in the middle of reading a book or you're in the middle of doing your you know, yoga meditation, you, don't, you just don't want that intrusion. So... If you just do the math, you have 100 dB going on inside your room, your studio, whatever it is, whatever you're listening to, and you want 40 outside, that's a difference of 60. Mm. That's a difference of 60 decibels. It's somewhere you have to get rid of. In the world of acoustics, that's known as STC60, uh, which is sound transmission class, and it roughly corresponds to a 60 decibel 
attenuation in the mid frequencies, uh, less in the low frequencies. We're lucky that we're not as sensitive at, in the lows, which are hard to treat. So this is a case where, where Murphy's law doesn't apply, where the hard part to do is, is uh, actually less necessary. Uh, but yeah, you're going to have to build structures or modify your structures so that there's a 60 decibel difference between inside and outside. Um, now, uh, so that applies for, you know, you're in the room making noise, you don't want to bother people around you. It also applies the other way around, which is if you want a decent recording studio, a place where you can record stuff that doesn't have junk all over your track that you then have to try to denoise, you want the noise inside the room to be less than 25 dB as measured on the NC scale, which is also, it's like the special weighting we'll get into later. Um, and to, to get that, that means that, you know, whatever noise is going on outside, be it, you know, a person running upstairs, chairs being dragged in the kitchen as you're moving back and forth uh, from the table, all of that has to be pulled down enough that the noise inside is less than 25 dB or 20 for a really good studio. So you got to, it's complicated. You got to build the structures so that in the end, again, I keep using this thing so that you have good sound comfort and good uh, sound separation. So, um, so people ask me, you know, what do I do? Where do I start? The walls are thin. I hear that a lot. I need soundproofing because the walls are thin. But you know what? No, no walls are thin. Typically in the U.S., on you know, west of the Mississippi, most of the construction is two by four studs with sheetrock on one side and the other. And, you know, on the other side, it, it actually could be masonry, stuff that's heavier duty. In the rest of the world, concrete block and concrete are used. Um, there's all kinds of different ways. But, you know, walls are never so thin that you hear directly through them. Um, if you are in a place where, man, you know, I'm, I'm playing my drums and the people next door are hearing the cymbals, they're hearing everything, that usually means that there's sound leaks around the walls as opposed to sound going through the walls that are supposed to be thin, there's sound leaks and fixing those is really easy. So on most regular construction, especially framing and sheetrock, there is going to be a set of sound leaks or there are going to be a set of sound leaks. One of them is up and over the top plate. Another one is below the bottom plate. Another one is through the AC outlets. Some of it bounces through the wall where the wall bounces back and forth, but most of what's going to bother people at first, it's easy return on investment, easy low-lying fruit, is, is some sound leaks under the bottom plate. And you can find that by actually having a sound source on one side and get a little stethoscope cheap, you know, somewhere at the local pharmacy, pull off the, the tip of the stethoscope and have a sound source on one side and just listen through the bottom of the bottom plate to where there's sound leaks, listen at the top or listen at the AC outlets. If there's a lot of sound there, you got to block it. Um, so I think it's really great to point out that a lot of times we're, we're looking at the wall and we forget, especially with construction, some of that, you know, when we're, when we're talking about drywall, it, it, you know, it only goes up so far. And then especially, you know, in my room originally, there was a drop ceiling. So yeah. the drywall would go up, the drop ceiling would, would come down. When I removed all that, there was a significant gap above yeah. that yeah. wall. So most often gaps are hidden by contractors. They're like, well, we don't want to see a gap. They'll put a molding. They'll, they'll cover that gap with a little bit of, of um, uh, paper and, um, and mud, what they call drywall mud. Go, okay, I don't see it. It looks good. Well, yeah. a little piece of paper with a little plaster on it, man, that's not soundproofing. That's not sound isolation. The sound goes right through it. So first step is is get rid of the leaks over here and get rid of the leaks there. Next step is let's look at this wall. But um, it's it's multiple steps. Now, 
uh, again, if you have good sound isolation, it means you can use the room anytime. There's no interference. There's no loss of sound subtlety. You have privacy. That's it's worth doing it. Okay, so how do you uh, how do you make the sound isolation be good? Um, I have actually broken this into three uh, three strategies. Um, one is to add mass, and so. I, I see contractors sometimes they go, well, we'll just put two layers of sheetrock and that'll make the room soundproof. Well, it doesn't. If you want to add mass, you're going to have to add a lot of mass before the sound stops mm -hmm. moving from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. So one strategy is to add mass. It's not so effective. Another strategy is to provide some damping so that the walls don't ring freely like, like the head of a of a, of a tom, you know, you hit a tom, it goes boing. Well, that's the tone you want. But if you put some damping on there, it's, it's much tighter. Or a kick drum, you know, without any damping, it goes boom, boom, boom. You don't get that nice tough, tight bass. You put damping in there, you know, especially our kicker uh, damper. Kicker, that's um, right. That's and right. And it works Excellent. really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a free little plug. Do you like that? <laughs> um, so damping is what you're talking about with a green glue, which is rather than have sheetrock that can kind of bounce around on its own, it's sort of interesting. If you take a piece of sheetrock and you hit it with your knuckle, you'll actually hear how much that thing rings. It's just, it's just plaster yeah. that's like, you know, bang. Well, that goes right through. But if you can damp that somehow, just like a damper on a drum, it transmits less. But the most effective thing to do is to decouple the surfaces so that the, the wall on one side is not connected to the wall on the other side. That is the most complicated in the construction, but it is the most effective. So I'm going to kind of go through all three of those individually. I think what's, what's really important about this, and, you, and I know you're going to cover this at, at some point, but just to kind of remind people what's coming up is you talk about mass being ineffective, and mass involves lots of stuff. And it involves a lot of money. And so you have weight. And so if you're on a second, third, fourth floor, you have that to consider. And you also yeah. have the, the cost of all this stuff. And you just keep throwing stuff at it. And then you're shrinking the size of your room. And for drummers, we need space. Yeah. We need space to allow those drums to breathe and bloom. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you're going to cover that, but I, the, in in doing some research in, in one of your other videos, I, it was, I found that really, uh, that was the good news, was you don't have to spend a lot of money to get the sound isolation that you need. Right, right. It doesn't, it doesn't cost a ton. It does cost a ton to make the mistake and do the wrong thing, because then you have yeah. to undo it. Uh, but if you engineer it correctly, you do the right research, it's not crazy expensive. It's not cheap, but it's not crazy expensive. So um, a little bit about this thing called STC. I'm bringing this up because if you start doing research, you're going to, you know, you're going to land on somebody's website that says, oh, our solution has an STC 52. Oh, yeah. right, this other solution has an STC 58 or 43 or what, what does all that mean? So Yeah, and why isn't it 100? <laughs> 100 would be really good. So the STC uh, standard was arrived at years and years and years ago, more than 50 or 60 years ago. I, I forget actually the, the history of it, but it's, it's old. It represents, big warning, it represents how much sound privacy you get between one space and another, mainly in the vocal range. So what's up on the screen right now? Listener figure one is a chart that shows the sound transmission loss 
So how much attenuation you're getting from one side to the other at different frequencies for a structure that is called STC55. Mm. Now, let's start over here. Um, this chart, by the way, starts uh, over here around, so 125, starts at around 40 hertz and doesn't go up very far. It go, you know, this is 5.2K, goes, only goes up to 4 kilohertz. A lot of stuff in acoustic data is in this range between 100 hertz and 4 kilohertz, not below 100. And that's because a lot of the work was done for voice level privacy. Well, your kick drum's not at 100. Your kick drum's at 45 or 50, depending on the diameter of it, and you need to control, you know, down there. Bottom E of a bass guitar is at 40. So be uh, mindful that when you look at an STC curve on or an STC number on somebody's website, that may not help you keep the bass uh, from bothering your elderly neighbors. Gotcha. So here's an STC curve. So this is called 55. Note that in the mid frequencies right here between 500 hertz and 2 kilohertz, that's right around 55 dB of sound transmission loss. So this is a curve that on the bottom of the chart is frequencies from low frequency to like upper mids. And on the vertical is the sound transmission loss, which is how much sound attenuation you're getting, you know, how much you're turning it down. So an STC 55 chart shows that in the mid frequency you get 55. It goes up to about 58 for the higher frequencies. But magically, uh, below 400 hertz, it starts to take a nosedive. And an STC 55 wall only has about a, the standard, allows you to have only 30, about 38 dB of attenuation at 125. And guess what? That just keeps on going down to where by the time you get to 60, which would be down, down here, you're only at 20 or 25 dB. Not very good. So... Um, the STC data is a start point to look at stuff and go, well, okay, this wall with an STC of 40 is not going to be as good as 50, not going to be as good as 60, but you have to look further. You have to look at with the actual sound transmission loss data, which some manufacturers actually are some, yeah, some suppliers of wall materials give you. Gotcha. Now, again, where does this come from? Why does it have this funny like shape like this? That's because the human ear brain system does not hear as much at low frequency as it does in mids and highs. Okay. So you can get away with a higher level of sound at low frequency before being bothered. Your threshold of hearing at low frequency is 20, 30, 40 dB uh, higher, which means that, you know, it takes, you got to play 40 dB louder than at mids and highs. So this is sort of tailoring the value to the human hearing system, okay? So it's not bad. The fact that it's not flat is not bad. But, but two things I'm warning you about is at low frequency, this drops off, number one. Number two, the data stops at 125 hertz, okay? okay. Again, what's, what's 125 hertz? The, a, a big guy, not me, but a big guy's, his main chest resonance is around 80 hertz. Wow. So... If you put a big guy in a room and he talks loudly and the room doesn't have any protection below 125, you're going to hear him in the room next door. By the yeah. same token, a, a kick drum, most of the bass, most of the lower end stuff is going to go right through if there's no protection below 125. So all this to say, look at this data, but, but take it with a grain of salt and figure out what's really happening at low frequency. So when you're buying things or you're looking at data on products, yeah. Uh, if you're looking at typical products that are sold at big box construction stores, 
I imagine that the information that you may be able to find is, is it doesn't have, I mean, they're not, they're not selling to someone trying to build a studio or practice right. room. They're, right. they're, they're, they're giving you information to contractors and, and home owners right. that are just trying to like keep the volume of their TV and conversations down. Um, you're asking a, a superb question, Matthew. So 20 years ago, you could not go to any of the uh, distributors of construction materials and find anything that had anything to do with sound isolation or soundproofing. Yeah. And then now you can, and you can not because so much of TV or drummers or guitarists or home theater enthusiasts. Again, you can because there are regulations and rules and standards that say that in order to build this MDU, this multi-dwelling unit, you need to achieve this level of STC. Oh, okay. So contractor is like, man, I got to get this STC. Goes to the local construction supply place. It's like, uh, do you know what about this? What do I do? And, and if the clerk is good or if they've been trained or if the rep has like pushed a material called quiet rock or green glue, they're going to go, oh yeah, this is what you need. This is going to work. Look, your your spec says STC 55. Uh, this material says STC 55. Are you going to be good? Mm-hmm. So contractor loads up the truck with all these you know special sheetrock pieces. Wonderful. It meets the code. But the code is all about keeping yeah. voices from one condo or apartment from going into the other one or television, regular TV, which, you know, have speakers about this big and they don't got nothing below 125 hertz. It'd be amazing if they make it to 125 hertz. So um, you may be told, you know, use this, it'll be great. Um, so I'm going to talk real quick. There's some slides about this. I'm going to talk about Quiet Rock. Quiet Rock was started by a company of guys who's really smart, very good product. However, when you use it directly on a stud, so quiet rock on one side, sheet rock on the other side, or two layers of quiet rock, it's not going to do very much for your base. And I'll explain why in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you look at their data, they're going to say, hey, a room with quiet rock is going to get you STC 52. And you look at the data for the transmission loss, you'll see that it magically stops at 125 hertz. Why? Because it don't do much below 125, for one, in terms of improving the sound. And two, nobody cares in the world of regulation. So at this point, you should be asking yourself, it's like, what's a regular wall do? Like, what's a regular two by four stud, you know, three and a half inches with, uh, let's say the heavier sheetrock, five eighths and five eighths on either side. What does that do? Well, that's an STC 38, 36 to 38, sometimes 40 if it's built really right. So 40. That means that what that means is it's only blocking 40 decibels of sound between room A and room B. Remember, if you're you're jamming on your drums and you're putting 100 dB, the person on the other side is hearing 60 dB. 60 dB is about the level of a conversation. If you and I are talking like across the table from each other, of course, today, wearing our masks. Um, you're going to, you're going to hear my voice at about 60 or 65. So imagine you're playing the drums. The person in the room next door is hearing that as like nonstop, not super loud, but not acceptable. So that's a regular wall. Gotcha. You put quiet rock or two layers of sheet rock with green glue. You're going to get to 52 or 55 if you build it really right. That's better. You know, that means it's gotten 10, 12, up to 15 dB better. Um, that's still not enough for the person on the other side to go, I don't hear those drums, but it's a whole ton better. Yeah. So I spent a little time on this STC thing because I've worked on so many projects where 
you get into the, this, well, you know, I bought the thing that was specced. It said 52. It's still not working. I don't know what to do. The clients are pissed. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm now, I, this is the thing I hate the most. I am now in a lawsuit with the homeowner because they said that they needed it. I did what I was told to do. It's not working. What do I do? Oh, my God. So avoid this house. So how do they measure STC? Um, you know, what does that mean? Well, it's it's done by bringing a, a sample room into this acoustic chamber and you put it right down the middle of the chamber. You put sound on one side, you measure on the other side and you look at what you get. And that's under completely ideal conditions, which is the wall is built perfectly. There's no gaps, no, you know, no losses or anything. That's what you're going to get. So when a manufacturer says our product in this assembly gets STC 55, you probably... Uh, two things you need to know. One is that doesn't tell you anything at the lower frequencies, one. Two, that's also under perfect construction conditions, which means that in the field, which is sometimes known as field STC, you're probably going to be three to four dB lower because right. the construction won't be perfect. Right, right. Especially so, with, with, with the way houses are being built and how fast they're being built yeah. and the corners cut. Yeah. Yeah. So here's an interesting little, uh, little diagram. Listener, figure two. If any of you are out there watching this and you want to do screen screen uh, captures, this is a really cool screen capture. Or yeah. this is a diagram you can get actually from mo most of the counties have an office of noise control or construction or whatever, and they usually publish a book uh, for contractors and architects on you know what what are the standards and how do you get them. But check this out. There's three pieces of data. At the top is construction done with homogeneous, non-porous panels, inflexible. I love that. I'm um, feeling very homogeneous today. That, that's, a, that's a big word for masonry, you know, concrete, brick, stuff like that. Um, that's on the top. On the bottom um, is a regular framed walls, which is studs with layers of sheetrock, or excuse me, gypsum board. And this shows the typical... Uh, surface density, sort of like the mass per square foot. You mentioned something, Matthew, a second ago that I was like biting my tongue. Like, hold on, I'm going to get to that. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no, it's great. I love it. I love it when like things are brought up. It's like, yeah, like you said, um, let's talk about this. Let's say you say, oh, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to put a massive wall. It's going to be super heavy. And you put it on the second floor and you build this thing and you live, you know, in our neck of the woods where there's earthquakes or other parts of the, of the country or world where there are earthquakes. You built this massive thing and you paid no attention to the structural engineering of what's holding it. Earthquake comes along, the thing collapses because there's too much weight. Guess who's paying for the repair? Yeah. You are. You. You who built that thing that's too heavy. So the solution of adding mass, whatever, be careful because you start to put layers of sheetrock or, or, or gypsum board or put concrete or concrete with sand and you're, you're, you're increasing the load on whatever's the load-bearing wall, the thing could fall apart. And uh, you, uh, you know, once they figure out who built it, you're going to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And the insurance company, uh, if you actually have insurance, is going to look at that and go, well, that wasn't a code. That's way too heavy. Sorry, we're not paying. And you find yourself um, with a big sore. Anyway, this what this shows is different construction of walls, masonry on the top, and then regular framing on the bottom with these numbers, again, representing the, the weight. But in the middle is the sound transmission class. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what's really cool is as you, you know, you look at the top, you look at the bottom, you look at what is the STC, you can go, oh, wow, check it out. So let's go. This is, I could probably finish our little, uh, our little course here, our little uh, podcast at the end of this, but I'm going to keep talking because that's just how I am. Um, <laughs> th- this is sort of the jewel. So let's look at this. Um, on the bottom first is, is construction uh, that's sheetrock or I keep saying sheetrock. Sure. Gypsum board. Gypsum board, uh, gypsum board, gypsum board, two by four. Um, that has a, an STC of somewhere between thirty-five and forty, and there's this kind of like error bar. It's like it's not one point. It just depends on how you build it, how you took care of the gaps on the bottom. Sure. When, when you hammer down the bottom plate between the places where you hammer it, the bottom plate's going to bend up, and that's a place where you can actually usually pass a sheet of paper. And you go, well, it's, you know, very small. Yeah, but a sheet of paper over 16 feet, that's like a hole this big. So the way you fix that is you put a, a, a few beads of caulk under your bottom plate. Mm-hmm. Or if it's already built, you actually put caulk along both sides. You usually have to take off um, the, the molding and trim that hides the gap. Put some caulk there and it'll improve the sound transmission class. Is there anything special there? Like, cause I, I know there's, there is the green glue and also the same manufacturer, they, they have different types of, you know, yeah. filling the gaps with that acoustical yeah. beading or acoustical caulk. Is that, is that, yeah, so so you do want to use ideally acoustical caulk for reasons I don't have time to get into. Okay. okay. And the Green Glue Company now makes two products. One is a damping compound to put between layers of sheetrock, which I'm going to get to. Yeah. The other one is is an acoustical caulk. It okay. turns out uh, this is a free plug. I don't get any money from the people at Green Glue. It turns out that in using it, you know, just actually as a user, you got the thing in a caulk gun and you're squeezing it and you're applying it. I have generally liked the general texture and ease of use of the green glue brand uh, okay. sealant. Yeah. Um, it's not that it necessarily works better than the other manufacturers. There's about 10 different common brands. It's just as, as a user and going, okay, I'm running this on here and it's gotten on my fingers and I got to clean it and I got to apply it. I, it just works easier. Okay. Okay. So, good to know. And I think that maybe what you bought, I don't really know. It, it, it yeah. works. It works good. So, um, by the same token, when you go up uh, here and you look at masonry, um, an 8 to 16 pound per square foot masonry wall gets the same result as a 6 to 12 pound sheet or uh, framed wall. So this is interesting. Uh, it's a little lighter to build a framed wall than a brick wall. Uh, this is probably only about you know two inches of some kind of concrete. Um, to, in order to get to the same value, okay? So step one. Next, let's go to step two. And this is one that surprises people. I hear this all the time. It's like, oh, we're going to improve the sound isolation. We're going to put some insulation in there when we build it. Or I'll either blow some insulation in or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to get? Well, check it out. You just paid money to get insulation put in there. And instead of 35 on the bottom end, you get to 38. Instead of 40 at the bottom end, you get a 43. You've improved the sound isolation by three decibels. Right. So uh, you guys that are audio geeks like me, you know what 3dB is. It's like, you know, you, you just move the fader a little bit. It's like, that's just not worth at, it. Yeah, just look at it funny. And, and yeah, you look at it funny, you sneeze on it. Man, it's gone 6 dB. Um, <laughs> so it's not worth it. Uh, except for one little thing, which is there's a resonance frequency inside the wall that you will damp out. Uh, but generally, you're not going to get a whole lot better. And by the way, you've gone from 6 to 12 pounds with, with a um, 
sheet regular gypsum wall up to seven pounds. It's gotten a little heavier, but check it out. In order to get 3DB better, you got to go to a wall that's quite a bit heavier uh, on masonry. So it goes to 12, between 12 and 25 pounds per square foot to pre increase by 3DB. Let's go to the next level. Let's do that thing of doing two layers of gypsum board on studs on both sides. Now the density is doubled. You know, the, the overall weight of the thing is doubled. Where have we gotten to? So people think magically, man, it's going to be a whole ton better. Well, you've improved the performance by five decibels. So 5dB is audible. Um, and you know, if you want to hear the difference, take a drum track recording, take the fader, pull it down five, and go, well, that's how much better it's going to be on the other side of the wall. It's not great. Uh, I think you need at least 20 dB before you get to a point where it's like, yeah, this is really worth it. By putting two layers of gypsum board on both sides of a sheetrock wall, you've improved yourself 5 dB. If you did that out of masonry, uh, you have to go to a yet a heavier wall. If this was two inches, that's like three inches. Now that's becoming a four-inch masonry wall. It's getting pretty heavy. The mass density is up to 30 pounds per square foot, getting pretty heavy. Let's go to the next wall. Um, is this useful? Matthew, do oh, you yeah, like this? Very much so. Very Are you much. as excited as I am? Well, you know, uh, I've, again, I, I've seen this before, but I can tell you, being with you today and, and essentially watching it again is helpful for someone like me that knows what is loud and what is soft and understands what a DB is, but my area of focus is not this. So, it needs to be, this is great. Uh, after I, I walked away from the first time watching it saying, oh my gosh, this makes so much, this yeah. makes so much sense. This is helpful. This is good news as far yeah. as construction, weight, expenses, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, the, it's great. The, the better news is coming in a second, which is <laughs> okay. you can make all this work for not a whole lot more money and make yeah. it really good. So. Let's look at the next wall. So, so again, I've mentioned two, two layers of regular gypsum board on a stud. You've gained yourself 5 dB of sound ISO. Is it worth it? You know, it's a little better. Is the person on the other side of the room trying to sleep, do yoga meditation, or read a book? That won't do it for them. Because if you're, if you're drumming away at 100 dB averages, uh, whereas before you had 60 dB, now you have 55 dB of sound. It's still like dude, you know, no, I can't read my book. So then you get into the, well, you know, we'll do two layers of gypsum board and we'll put insulation in it, or we'll go up to a five inch concrete wall. Uh, now you've gotten yourself up to four, somewhere between 43 and 48, let's average it out at about 45. So you've, you've gotten an improvement of about eight decibels by adding the damping inside. And that's uh, I'll explain later why in a little diagram, but really what you're doing is you're damping the resonance inside the cavity the same way as putting a pillow uh, or a kicker inside a kick drum. That's right. Um, you're not really stopping the sound that's going through the stud. Most of the sound's actually traveling this way. Hey, I'm going to do a cool thing here. I'm going to use the annotation tool in... Um, um, in oh, Zoom. So most of the sound, you need to know, most of the sound here is going out right through the stud, not so much through the air gap. And by putting in uh, insulation here, fiberglass, rock wool, recycled jeans, whatever, you haven't done anything to improve this. That's still going through, right? Uh, could right. you see my little arrows there? Yeah, for sure. All right. Clear all drawings. Get back over here. So um, 
regular framed wall, you know, studs, two by four stud with two layers of gypsum with insulation inside, you get an average of 45. So, you know, you've gotten 5 dB better, 6 dB better, 8 dB better, you know, whatever. It's still not enough. Uh, the weight hasn't gone up significantly. It's doubled compared to an original uh, wall. It's not super dangerous in terms of structure. Um, if you did that out of masonry, you've now gone to a wall that's somewhere between 25 and 50. That's getting heavy, 50 pounds per square foot. You're looking at a wall and every square foot is 50 pounds. Wow. That's getting pretty heavy. You know, make sure that whatever structures are below, whether it's the foundation um, or a wall below can actually take it. So now what? Do you start adding more layers of, of, of a gypsum board here? What do you need? So what you need is a wall that's at least 55 or somewhere around 60 to get to the point where you can drum away over here and the person doesn't hear you too much on the other side. And what that will take, I have a slide coming up for that. What that will take is seven layers of gypsum board on one side and seven on the other side and insulation. Yeah. And at that point, you're just driving trucks back and forth and back and forth from the, the supply house, you know, stacking layers of gypsum board. Not the right way to do it. Expensive, Let's go to the heavy, and you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to pay a sheetrock contractor a lot of money or, you know, yourself a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Not the right way to go it. So there's good news. Instead of doing this thing of adding mass, if you build a wall like this, it's called a staggered stud wall. Yeah. in which you take your two by four wall, uh, you put it on a two by six plate, or you add a little two by two plate on the bottom and top, and you put, you stagger the studs to where one's here, the other one's offset by half an inch, and then you go back to the first one, you offset one by half an inch, um, and you build a layer of sheetrock on one side, layer of sheetrock on the other side. Check this out. You now have the same performance as this other wall was without all the weight, without all the complication, and with an extra benefit that's not shown here. So this shows the same STC, but what this does not show, and I have a slide coming up for that, it doesn't show that in the base frequencies, you get yourself 10 dB better than what you had here. And that's because now, let me go back to my little annotation tool, uh, now the sound that's collected by this sheetrock and trans wants to transmit over here has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only way for it to propagate through and re-radiate is air. And air is a pretty good insulator for both thermal and for sound. And so you've actually broken the connection and the base doesn't transmit through like this. If it I, can do this, you got base going through. I think that's a really good point because people just want to stuff, stuff, stuff. Uh, and, and, and you have to remind them like air slows down the vibration that transmits the low end. Yeah. Actually on the topic of stuffing, some people do this wall and they go, well, you know, if a little bit's good, more is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if a drum fill is good, <laughs> doing drum fills all the time, Tom fills is probably not good on, no. on a song. Yeah. You need to leave a little room for the singer to sing whatever she's got to sing, right? Same thing over here. Now, physically, what happens if you take some fiberglass, rock wool, or whatever, and you overstuff it so much, well, now you've actually created a bridge between one layer and the other because it's like, you know, you tight, you pack it really tight, it becomes like a solid. So don't overstuff this. Anyway, so this wall that costs just a tiny bit more to build because you got to have 
bigger plates on the bottom and top. So two by sixes instead of two by fours, whatever, it's almost nothing. Um, or, or amend the plate with an extra two by two gets the same performance as what we had before. So um, Anthony, I, I did this in, in a walk-in closet and pulled everything out. You know, it was, it was, it was lined. I can't remember the wood. Uh, it pulled that out, used two by threes mm-hmm. and, and I, and maybe I put something on the base, but I was able to do that in uh, it with with great effect. Yeah, so two by four plates, but two by three studs. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's stagger them. That gives you the ability of staggering. So, what um, the bigger the air gap inside, the better you control base. Okay. If you're, bigging, uh, if you're building a vocal booth or something where you're not radiating a lot of base, then regular two by four wall with two by three studs, which are significantly cheaper, by the way, um, with a little insulation, is great. Yeah, again, I was you know, trying to utilize as much space, not yeah. take up the yeah. room that I had in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So now let's go to the next step, which is take that same staggered stud wall, as it's called, and let's put some insulation in there, which would be, you know, bad of R13 or R19, not too much stuff. Um, so you've increased the mass density of this thing, the surface density, a little bit. Uh, still, this is this is barely heavier than the original wall we started with. Check out what happened. We just got ourselves another 3 dB. And yeah, that's because amazing. whatever resonances is residual in here transmitting sound is is damped, not dampened. Dampened is the act of putting water on something, but damped as in a good damper. Um, boom, we've, we're now getting close to that thing I'm trying to get to, which is about 55. Um, so here's this wall, staggered stud, a bit of insulation, all of which is cheap materials. And we, we have gone from 35 at the minimum to 46. We gain ourselves 11 dB on the bottom end and from 40 to 51, 11 dB on the top end. And you know that you take a fader down 10 dB, that's significant. Yeah, that's um, amazing. You turn things down quite a bit. So let's go to the next step. Next step would be that same wall in which you're actually doing double layers of uh, gypsum, also known as rock sometimes. Check it out. Now we've gone up to 48 and 53. Um, So we've gained 13 dB. And then we go to the next level, which is the same wall, dual layer with insulation. And that's, that's an enormous bang for your buck. We're, we're now at a minimum of 51 and up to 55, the, or 56, excuse me, the average is 53 somewhere. Um, and what's not shown here, because this chart was built before green glue existed, if you take this wall and you add green glue in that, you're going to gain yourself another 3 or 4 dB. Now, this chart would be, here, let me go to my little annotation tool, the numbers would be up here. And that's really cool. So you're um, saying this, this is off the charts? It's, it's off the charts. <laughs> I like that. It's off the charts. It's off the um, charts, man. My, this chart stops at 60. Um, so you're up here. And so this is this ain't hard to build. That's the good news. And you like like you said, Matthew, you can build this out of two by four with two by three studs. The base is not going to be as good as if you build it with two by four studs on a two by six plate or an amended plate. So that's that's a great point. I'm glad you you kind of like clarified that you know that that space if you have the room use the two by fours get a get a a larger gap air gap for a low end yeah that's wonderful um all right now let's go one more step which is instead of a staggered stud on a shared plate uh, what's oh oh, by the way i forgot to show you the continuum on um mason oh yeah but really um, (laughs) to get to the same level as this you would have to have a, a wall 
that's about, you know, it's up to 100 pounds per square foot, which is about a, you're getting into the six inch, six, seven inch of concrete to get to this thing, which is the staggered stud, dual layers of gypsum board with insulation. Now you're getting into an, a, a wall that's like 150 pounds per, per square foot of what you're looking at. And that's like getting into an eight inch wall. It, it starts to get like really big and really heavy and cost a ton. We're building um, a castle here. What's going on? So yeah, that's, that's nuts. I'm glad you brought that up. One thing that people don't think about this is heating this is really hard. People don't think about that. So you're in the room. It's cold outside. You put a heater in the room. Now that heat, you know, is radiating out, but but it's also got to heat the wall so that the room gets to, to an actual uh, a stasis of temperature. And heating an eight-inch concrete block wall takes a ton of BTUs, as in money out of your wallet. Once it's mm-hmm. heated, it stays there a long time. So that's the good mm-hmm. part. But heating mm-hmm. it is really expensive, as opposed to this, which is just a few layers of gypsum board. And then there's insulation. That means you don't have to heat the outside. And what I'm seeing worldwide is, is an increased adoption of framed wall structures, even though they're less solid over time than concrete. You save a lot of money on insulation because it's this is this is not thermally right. So from a green point of view, this ain't a good thing to build. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and so you mentioned castle. Well, you know, old castles in Europe, they're always cold. And yeah. the, the wealthy kings and queens would put these big tapestries on the walls. Yeah, so it's decorative, but it was actually like putting a blanket in front of the stone walls so that you wouldn't freeze, you know, wouldn't have to wear all your clothes in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. And at the time that, you know, they only had a fireplace to heat the whole thing up, fireplace you could walk into, you know, Uh, but uh, this is impossible to heat. So you got to think about that is as you start to add more mass, you're also adding uh, more thermal mass into the thing. It just gets really uncomfortable thermally. All right, let's go a little further, um, if you will. So now we're going to go to a different wall structure, which is what sometimes people call a room within a room construction. I hear that term a lot, a room within a room where you build, you know, one frame structure around the room on the outside. And then you, you build a completely separate plate where you put separate studs. And the benefit being that, that there is no connection at all. Uh, in, in these walls, in these staggered studs, there is a vibration conduction through the shared bottom plate and top bottom plate. Not a lot, but there's still vibration going through there. Once you build these set, separate plates, you've blocked more of the vibration. It still may go through the, the, joint, the common subfloor. And the way to block that even further is to put an isolator between, between these, which is not shown in these charts. So. We go back to this wall, which is two, uh, two isolated framed walls, one layer of, of uh, gypsum board on one side, one layer of gypsum board on the other side. And we're, we've got between 46 and 51, somewhere around 48. So again, if you look, I'm always comparing this to where you started, which is a wall that's at best 40. Now you've gotten yourself 11 dB more sound isolation just by building separate plates. And what, what is the cost? A little bit of wood, but a fair amount of loss of space in the room because now you've lost four or five inches. So, Matthew, you were talking about not cramping rooms up. This works well, but you're losing space. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if we go the next le- levels on this, which is to add insulation, we're, we're gaining 14 dB compared to the regular wall. 
If you do two layers of gypsum board on both sides, you're gaining 16 dB. And if, you know, the mother of all really cool walls is you're doing two layers of dry of uh, gypsum board on one side, two layers on the other side and insulation. Now you're getting up into the 59s and 60s, which means you've gained to, you know, I'm getting to that mythical 20 dB. And you guys who are, you know, recording geeks know that when you pull the fader down 20 dB, it's a significant change in sound level. Yeah. So this is where we're we're trying to get to these numbers, 55 to 60, 60 points of improvement with also a performance in the base. What's not shown here because this single number only reflects stuff down to 125. What's not shown here is these walls that are separate plates have a significantly better low frequency control than the equivalent ones that are in, in narrower walls. So that's what you get from deepening the gap inside the wall is better low frequency. You know, the base doesn't go through quite as much. Gotcha. And by the way, if you want to get to that, um, out of masonry walls, you get, you get a wall that's all the way up here into the 150 to 200 pounds per square foot of what you're looking at, which now you're talking about 10 to 12 inch walls, just impossible. No just problem. Sure. Heavy. Sure. No, no problem. So if you're building a room and you know you want it to work really well it, using traditional materials, this is where you got to go. Two layers of gypsum board insulation you know it's shown here in the middle but it's it's better to put a thicker layer than zigzagging around no connection between them and uh separate plates now i i, I want to bring something up that i see a big mistake on often i see people do this i'm going to go to my annotation tool i'm going to draw a little rectangle over you're going to you're going to love this i see people put a layer of gypsum board on one or the other wall going, well, you know, if this is good, I'll add another layer where I add both layers because it'll be even more better, right? Mm -hmm. Is that better? Quiz, is that going to work more better? Well, probably not. It's going to trans transfer that vibration. I, I worked on a very expensive studio in LA uh, last year in which that was the design. And guess what? And so that studio uh, is specialized in hip hop which means a lot of low frequency coming mm -hmm. out of speakers. You could hear all of the low end in the, in the studio next door in the live room. What happens when you do this is you've got a small cavity here, only three and a half inches on the other side, maybe it's four or five inches, but that small cavity, the base jumps right through it. So you have two wow. small cavities, the base goes right through. You okay. don't want that. You want it all as open as possible. You want a, a, a clear open space that's damped with insulation, preferably, you know, eight, nine, 10 inches for the base to not jump the gap. Uh, base wavelengths are really big. They compress the things a lot and it's going to, it's going to become almost solid at the lower frequencies. You, you just don't want that. Listener figure three. Let's compare a regular wall, you know, uh, what's called an STC 40, if you build it really, really well, um, to what it takes out of just mass to get there. So this is first strategy, more mass. So this is how the sound gets through. So sound of your drums are hitting the wall. The, the gypsum board on one side is actually bending around between the studs. That gypsum board acts kind of like the sail on a sailboat. And the sound transmits some of it transmits right through the air gap a little bit. Most of it transmits through the solid, the mass that holds all that together, which then re-radiates on the other side. That's how you get yeah. the sound coming back. Most of it goes through this path, through the stud. Okay? Gotcha. That's gotcha. Mo uh, the majority of it. And it doesn't matter what you do in this air gap over here. It's all going to go through the stud. 
Um, if you're not going to decouple, if you're just going to add mass and you want to get to that start point, you know, that number there where I would go, you know, that's, this is where, where you're going to get to the point where the person next door doing their yoga meditation is going, okay, I'm, I'm, full, I'm cool. You need at least 55. That's actually a true story. I, I talk about it like it's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. There is a in, in our neck of the woods. There's a very famous recording studio. It's called Ice House. Um, it was a big room, you know. And then you know, the studios had to start clamping down. They took this what was what was an old ice house, a place where they made ice blocks in the beginning of last century, and they cut it into two. One place stayed as a recording studio. The other side became, I kid you not, a yoga meditation studio. <laughs> And, awesome. um, and the sound, you know, they, they built walls, they didn't build them right. And the sound was blasting from one to the other and I was brought in and I pointed to all of the little issues, they fixed them and then it all worked. Uh, nice. But that's like the, the worst case scenario. But he keeps going back to that using that meta, you know, that scenario, you know, it's a, uh, it's there's a, a story. story. That's great. It's a, it's a real story. Um, many famous San Francisco uh, acts from the 60s, mainly 60s recorded there. It's really, it's a mythical place, actually. Um, okay, awesome. so I'm still stuck on this slide. So if you wanted to get to a point where you can, you know, meditate on one side and play drums on the other side and, and uh, get there, since there's still a connection, you have to have enough mass here to stop that re-radiation. Mm. That's seven layers here and seven layers there. Don't do it. Unless yeah, you know you you own a stock in, and I mean by that you know, uh, trader stock in the companies that you know that make uh, 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 sheetrock, drywall, gypsum board. This is not the right way to go about it. So, better strategy is damping, and that's this thing you talked about called called green glue. Um, again, I'm always starting with a diagram on the left that shows how the sound leaks through. Listener figure four. Most of it's going through. Well, if instead of the uh, what I'm trying to show here is that this vibration of this movement of the wall is less big than this vibration over here. Um, okay. So I see. By putting two layers of gypsum board with this, what this green glue compound in the middle, which is a damping compound, something it's soft and rubbery and it absorbs through what's called viscoelastic dissipation. Um, that will start off by making that that uh, that gypsum board be from bang 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 when you hit it to like thud thud thud, which means it's not moving as much, which means it's not transmitting as much, which means it's not re-radiating as much. On both sides, especially if you do it, you end up with uh, an improvement of 12 decibels. So you go from STC 40 to 52, but not low frequencies. And that's because at low frequency, this radiates almost as much as before, maybe a dB or two better. Gotcha. Okay? gotcha. That's the green glue. Um, so that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is to use a, a quiet rock or other brands of engineered uh, gypsum board. You know, there's now three or four companies that make a thing that's damped inside with a viscoelastic compound. Again, the diagrams are, this is what you start with. It's going through. And by using this damped sheet rock or, or uh, excuse me, this damped quiet, quiet rock or other mm -hmm. gypsum board, well, this isn't vibrating as much. That means it's not transmitting as much. You can gain 10 decibels of improvement, which is significant considering it's really easy to put up, but not at low frequencies. Okay. So um, let's look at decoupling. Listener figure five. So I'm starting with the usual wall on one side over here. 
And I'm going to do a thing that's been around for a long time, which is called RC1 Resilient Channel, uh, the local construction supply house where contractors go to buy, you know, screws and wood and concrete and all this stuff. They actually sell this there. So it's relatively common. Resilient Channel was developed in the 50s. It's a little piece of metal that does a little zigzag. You screw it into the... Um, the stud, you mount the sheet rock layers preferably, or the gypsum board layers preferably with a little backing of this really soft fibrous material called soundboard. And now what you've done is you have suspended the layers inside or outside and you get yourself uh, about 50 to 52 dB of sound isolation. Wow. Um, Works pretty well, especially if you put some insulation in the middle. However, the, my big red warning is this is hard to get right and it's easy to mess up. Here's how you mess it up. If you're not careful about where you put your fasteners, your screws, you could actually screw right through this and all the way back into the stud and you've now short-circuited mechanically the whole assembly and the, the, the actual spring's not working anymore. It, wow. It's, it's a coupling. So... It works reasonably well if you do a careful job of it. Yeah. So uh, better than that is a newer product. I'm calling it newer, but it's been around almost, I'm going to say almost 20 years now, is various forms of um, isolator units that are made for walls. Um, and uh, probably the most common one found in the United States is called the Pacific International RSIC-1. Uh, again, this is, I'm not getting paid to say this. There's other isolation bushings, but that's the one you'll find the most often. You look online, they're between six and seven bucks a piece. Um, the theory of operation over here is the sound of your drums hits this wall. This is isolated on a rubber bushing. Listener figure six. The, the, there's a little bit of sound still transmitting through the bushing. It's not perfect, but most of the sound transmission is through the air gap. And as long as you put um, some insulation in there, the sound is attenuated. You end up with an STC of 58. Wow. If you do two layers on one side and this really cool material I haven't talked about yet called vinyl barrier with, with um, a gypsum board on the other side. This DW actually means drywall. I shouldn't say that. I should, <laughs> I should put it as gypsum board. But sure, sure. imagine an assembly where you, you get gypsum board, you glue on this material called vinyl, a mass-loaded vinyl barrier. It's about an eighth inch thick. It's about a buck fifty a square foot, between a buck fifty and two dollars. And you glue it on the back. It's, it's this heavy vinyl. It's soft, but it weighs a pound per square foot. Um, and you glue it on the back, you mount that onto these special isolator blocks. They're typically on 16 inch centers or 24 inch centers. You mount all that in the, onto the studs and you put two layers of gypsum board on the other side, you're getting to 58. What, how much room have you lost? Uh, you've yeah. lost an inch and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's really cool. That's, that's, you know, that's, you know, an encroachment, you know, your net, length of the room or width of the room is three inches less, but you've gained 18 decibels of improvement and pretty good at low frequency too. I so, think another thing that people need to remember is that uh, all this work that you do on, uh, if it's a home studio, it's your home. Yeah. It's you're investing, but also down the road, if you need to move, if you're selling your house, uh, then if you had, you know, 14 layers of drywall, <laughs> <laughs> Persons be like, well, just remove all this drywall out of this uh, spare room, and uh, 
and we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, not doing gonna, that. It's not going to um, happen. But also in resale value, you can point out the fact that, hey, this right. room is soundproofed or sound isolated. Yeah. Um, I would probably use the word soundproofed in the in the documentation because people won't know what sound isolated are. But, but you can go, so here's a room I built for music or other applications. So if you, the new owner, want either a listening room, a home theater, a music room, or a really quiet space because yeah. you just need it really quiet to think. For uh, yoga and meditation. Calls, yoga meditation. Um, <laughs> or if you are a really light sleeper, uh, to be fair, there are people out there, they're woken up by the slightest sound outside. Oh, Anything God, doesn't yes. really matter. And I I feel for people who are actually that sensitive in the area. Man, I I hit the pillow at night, nothing wakes me up. I'm gone, you know. Mm. And, you know, you got to like shake me, kick me in, and until I, I wake up. I'm lucky. But there's yeah. people who are really sensitive. That mm-hmm. is a feature. So uh, and so, so those sensitive people know that when they buy a new house, they're going to have to convert one room into a really quiet room. You go, no conversion needed. Here it is. It's already super quiet. The noise floor is below 20 dB. You, you're going to love it. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah, that, that adds to the value of the house. Other strategy, if you, don't, if you don't have access to those clips or you just want to use traditional construction, uh, is this staggered stud business I've talked about. Um, this works really well because rather than the sound going through the stud, the only path that's left is the air gap and a little bit the top and bottom plates. And so there, if you do this correctly, you can get up to si- close to 60 uh, STC. Um, and of course, the best way to do this is sep- completely separated uh, plates and, and top and bottom plates, separate studs, big air gap, no connection between them. And especially if you can mount one of the plates on a rubber isolation mat that a few different companies make, you can get yourself up to 65 if you do two layers of gypsum and the right insulation. So um, if you have a condition where you've got Drums on one side, meditation studio on the other side. You got to do this. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, here's the transmission lost data. Listener figure seven. So this is what you actually hope you can get from the different uh, makers of structures. And this doesn't just show an STC, but it actually shows the attenuation across frequencies. Let me, let me uh, comment on this. So the red diamond over here is a regular wall. I, I wrote drywall, it should be gypsum board, but regular wall that is called an STC 38 or 40. Uh, that means that in the middle frequencies, you get 40. At low frequency, uh, at 125 hertz, not even 60 hertz, but 125, you only get about 10 or 12. Um, you could, um, oh, my bad, hold on. Didn't mean to do that. Coming back. All right. I'm back. Can you see me? I sure. Yeah. I want to go to my annotation. If you said, well, what's going on at 60? Well, you can sort of project this down and that's what's going on. So at 60 hertz, you know, your the main resonance of your, your kick drum, you, you got 2 dB or like nothing. Just it's going right through. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so next level up is that thing that, pe- that contractors do of people who just don't know yet because they haven't sat through this amazingly interesting uh, podcast. Amazing. That's right. Um, <laughs> is they do two layers of gypsum board go, oh, that's going to soundproof. It's going to be great. Well, you know, like I showed before, you're getting 3 dB more. But more importantly, it's like barely worth it. But more importantly, at low frequency, you're not getting anything more. This just continues on down to here. And at low frequency, you get 
just as much kick drum going through or bass wow. guitar or whatever. Yeah. Then we go to the staggered stud. That's the one with the offset studs and all that. And what you go is from about 40, you go to about 50. It's worth it or 52, 50, uh, what do we got here? Yeah, barely on 50. Um, so that STC at first doesn't look like it's a whole lot better. It's a little bit better, but check it out down here. Look at how much more isolation you get. So first of all, wow. instead of just barely 10 or 12 at 125, you're still at 30. And instead of going down to nothing or 3 dB, you're still at 60 hertz, you know, kick drum main frequency. You're still got 25 dB of break. That's useful. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, uh, we have two different types of double stud walls. Uh, first, first one over here is uh sing, single layer with insulation so that's getting up here into about the 55 or 60s with good low frequency performance and then the double layers of uh, gypsum board you gain a little bit at the at the higher frequencies but really this region down here the low frequencies are a whole lot better so uh, really fascinating just the, how similar they are yeah you know with the double and single that's because mass doesn't, you know, once you have enough mass, adding more barely improves things because it's all yeah. it's all about how the air gap works and other other elements. So. This reinforces all this whole conversation right there. Yeah. Interesting. So, so mass is not the only way to go. Um, oh, yeah. Don't forget the floor. So I, I work on projects all the time. We're like, they build these amazing walls. Um, recent one was uh, high energy retail store for men's clothing where you walk in and there's like pounding music all the time above it a, a psychotherapy office where you want to be able to sit there calmly go how do i feel how do you feel and, and not listen to boom 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 coming up from below well the contractor built really nice walls everything was like really good didn't do hardly anything to the floor and the sounds coming right up from the floor so don't all these things I discussed, you also have to apply to the floor. It's a different topology, but you need to mount your floor surfaces on either thick rubber pads, which a bunch of different companies make. Uh, Kinetics Noise Control makes a product called a KIP uh, pad, uh, one inch and two inch thick block, about two inches by two inches of, it's actually cool. It's dense fiberglass shrouded in a rubber uh, um, shroud, shrouded in a shroud. Um, and, you on top of that you put a, a second subfloor made out of the two layers of half inch ply or three quarter inch TNG and then you put your final pad. That works to decouple the structures and you got to do something to the floor. Um, same thing with the ceiling. You know, you, if you build a room where you just isolated the walls, yeah, but the ceiling layers are connected through joists to the room next door, it's all going to go up that way. And yeah, as long as there's a connection, it's going to go. So all of the same approaches at separating and isolating and decoupling apply. Uh, you can use various forms of suspension blocks, uh, those rubber isolators from Pack International. Kinetics Noise Control has uh, what looks like a leaf spring that you, you secure to the joist, and then you put a hat channel in there, mount your layers on there. There's a bunch of different solutions. In all cases, try to look at the transmission lost data not just the STC. Look at it carefully. And, you know, I'm just going to put a plug out there. If you get to a point, it's like, man, this is really important to me and I, I, I need help. Look for an acoustical consultant in your area. They are everywhere. 
uh, or call us. You know, that's what we do right. for a living. Right. We can advise you. It could be a really, really short little uh, consulting gig where we look at the materials and we, you know, help you figure out what you should use. Or we can generate a full, you know, 60-page plan set if it's a really important project because you're building a professional studio. you got to make sure all your intersections are correctly done. There's no point in making walls that block all the sound if the sound can leak around the corners, which is where I started. I see people build these amazing rooms with amazing walls, amazing floors, and the door has nothing special. Well, the sound's going to leak out the door or out the windows. So you also need to do a special door. You can try to build one yourself, not for the faint of heart. There's four really good companies in the U.S. alone that make sound-rated doors at different ratings from STC 40 to 55. Big, massive metal things that kind of look like a bank, bank vault door, but they work. They're, they come pre-hung. You just install them. You follow the guidelines of how you do it, and, they, and it works. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to build your own. That's a complicated. Here's some diagrams that show some of these doors and how they work. I won't spend too much time on that. Here's stuff about windows. Uh, remember that if you're building window systems between two studios, so control room, live room. Don't do triple layers because now what you've done is made little cavities. You want a big separated isolated yeah, layers. Yeah, interesting. Good news about glass is that it's about as good at blocking sound as, as gypsum board. It's heavier. It's yeah. sort of damped, especially if you do what's what's called a, um, a laminated glass, which costs a little bit more but not that much. It works pretty well. You don't have to worry about it. It is a big sound reflector if you do a big window, but uh, as a sound isolation thing, it's all the same theories. Okay. Um, if you can, in the design of the room, since doors are a weak link, don't put doors to a bedroom and a drum studio next to each other if you can offset them the sound that leaks through the door now has to go in a zigzag around and that brings the level down by about 10 db um there you go so a summary of all this stuff i've been talking about if you want sound isolation you know soundproofing sound isolation you want mass if you're going to do mass you're going to have to do lots of it don't go there if you if you want to do something better, do some decoup- uh, decoupling. Works really well. Uh, it's effective. It's complicated, but it works really well. You can do some damping, again, by using uh, this green glue stuff or using damp sheetrock. It's effective and simple. Altogether, it's complicated. It can be expensive, especially if you build it wrong and have to rebuild it. Uh, to yeah, get around all point. that, I would recommend get a little consult from a local, again, uh, acoustical consultant. That's what those companies are in the business of doing, whether it's for a studio or other things, it's all about the same theories. Uh, this is the second time that I've seen this. That's uh, obviously more tailored towards the musician and drummers. I appreciate that. Uh, Anthony's so helpful. And I think there's, a, there's just so much great information. So I'm encouraging you, if you missed anything, go back, watch this again, hit pause where you need to. It makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of good news as, as far as the, the cost and the amount of materials, the weight of right. it. So, right. yeah. I, I think that's the most important part is that thanks to the progress in the business of sound isolation, again, by forced by regulations, is you got a lot of choices available to you uh, to make yeah. it work. And the, the cool thing is mo- most of the good quality builder supply places around have the gizmos or can, can get it for, for you mm-hmm. or you can order it over the internet. Uh, big warning, though, is if you're if you're ordering heavy things like van, vinyl barrier on the internet, it, it doubles the price of the material because it's got to like now ship on a truck. It's it's heavy. Um, so support uh, 
I'm a big supporter of, of lo local businesses. Support your local uh, builder supply house. Go, go talk to them about what you do and see what they can get in the door for you and um, get, the, get the right help, you know, get educated about how to use it and you'll end up with really good rooms. I think the important thing to know is that uh, we don't have a lot of experience in because you don't do this every day, every week, sound right. isolation and things like that. So to have a guru, to have a consultant, to have somebody that knows what they're doing. So it doesn't cost you on the back end to have to redo or deconstruct what you've done to fix the mistakes is, is a good investment. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well worth the money. It's not that it's not that much and it, it'll save you you a lot. Yeah, exactly. Anthony, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Uh, a great presentation, very clear. Just even even a drummer like me can understand. <laughs> just saying funny. myself. Just myself. Funny, funny. Uh, drummers are smart. Yeah. Guitarists uh, I don't really know, but drummers are smart people. Well we have we we can count to four. Sometimes yeah. six links in the show notes so i'm gonna hit and so we're gonna say goodbye see you later so there you have it anthony gramani from sonatus usa uh we appreciate all those guys there for participating in the podcast and giving us some really helpful tips and information on how to improve our home studio space our practice space We've got more from those guys coming up uh, in the coming weeks. We'll keep you posted on what's next from Anthony Gramani and the gang at Sonatus USA. Uh, for the next couple weeks, I will be your host. I will be your guide, if you will. Uh, my co-host, Zach Albetta, is taking some much-needed time uh, to handle some things with his in-laws and family and uh things uh, on his wife's side so uh, we are sending much love his way as he is uh, taking care of business so i will be your host next week again and my guest is ben hiltzinger ben is the host of the podcast big fat five which is sponsored by big fat snare drum so it's podcast host with podcast host i hope you uh, will tune in with that uh, ben was a blast to talk to great drummer great musician a uh, wonderful host Please, if you haven't checked it out, check out the podcast, Big Fat Five. Most recently, uh, he's had some uh, some heavy hitters on there. Kurt Biscara, Kirky B, and uh, one of my favorites, Liberty DeVito, is on there. So check out that Big Fat Five. But for now, uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.